Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1 today. Praise the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving you to them, or giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Everybody say, that's mine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go into, uh, to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke saying, remember the word of the Lord or the word Moses, the servant of the Lord commanded you saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock livestock may remain in the land which Moses gave you on the side of the Jordan, but you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest. Somebody say, we're in this together. As he gave you and they also have kept, and they also have taken possession and the land which the Lord your God has given him. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sunrise. So they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you only The Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. So I'm going to preach a message today called possessing the land. Feel that it is a prophetic word for this house. God's saying it's time to move. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless the reading, the preaching of your word. Anoint every one of us to hear, receive, understand, and respond to your word. Father, I pray that there would be a moving of your spirit, God, that would tear down every wall, remove every mindset that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God in this house. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, bless the reading and the preaching of your word. Anoint me, God, in such a way today that preaching is easy and listening is a delight. I pray today, Father, right now, look upon my availability and not my ability. And I pray, God, that you do such a deep work in this house today that when we leave here today, we know there is truly more with us than there are against us. And God, I release this anointing over this house 
house. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Everybody that agrees, shout amen and give the Lord a good hallelujah as you're being seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The story of Joshua and the children of Israel. It's like a story like no other in the Bible. The children of Israel come out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. God performed signs and wonders in the land of Egypt and in the face of Pharaoh, which had never been seen before. I need you to, I want to put this in today's time and and in your, uh, in, in the way that we can think about it right now. I want you to think about that there was a bunch of Christians that, and there was some kind of wicked leader that says, I ain't letting none of them go. And they're going to they're gonna be my slaves and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And then think about a man of God going to that leader and saying, you're either going to do this or this is going to happen. And he would not let the people of God go. And so all of a sudden, all the water turned to blood. And then I want you to think about it went, the man of God went back to that leader, said, let the people of God go. He says, I ain't studying none of you and I ain't studying your God. Okay, then. Well, guess what? This is what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, uh, gnats and flies begin to cover the land. Goes to them and says, hey, let the people of God go. I ain't studying you and I ain't studying your God. Okay, what darkness is going to cover the earth. The Bible says it was so dark that it was inside of people. They could not see nothing. It was so dark in the land. He says, okay, I'm going to let him go. But he was, he wasn't, he was lying. And y'all know all the plagues that kept happening. Finally, it was the death of the firstborn. And, uh, and, and, and the death of the firstborn and the blood over the people's houses that caused the people of Israel to go free from Egypt. And, and while we're talking about wealth transferred, the Bible says that they went to the people of Egypt. Said, give us all your silver, all your gold, and all the, everything else that's worth valuables. And the fee- people didn't even argue with them. Sent them out, sent them out with all the wealth of Egypt. I mean, in one night, God crippled a wicked economy. In one night, God crippled it. They walked out with all the silver and all the gold of Egypt, walked out with all the good stuff. You want to know why? Because Egypt had worked them for 400 plus years and hadn't given them no pay. God said, you don't treat my people that way. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, and if you do steal something from them, I'm going to require at least sevenfold. And so when they walked out, they didn't walk out with just what they would have earned. They walked out seven times richer than what they would have had. This is the God that I serve. Somebody say, this is the God I serve. Amen. And so anyway, they, they come out of the land of Egypt and they hoorahing and yelling and hallelujah, shouting hallelujah. And they get to the Red Sea and, and all of a sudden they don't know how to cross. God says, Moses... I want you to lift up your rod and speak to the Red Sea. He obeyed the Lord and the Bible says the Red Sea parted. And here comes over a million, many people estimate around 1.52 million Israelites crossing over on dry land. God said you won't even get your Jordans dirty. He said there won't even be no mud around here. He, he, he says, y'all, he, he says, you're going to cross over on dry land. And the Bible says that when they got across on dry land, he says, now Moses, speak to it again. Because the enemies of the people of God were trying to cross the same path. But you can't get across this path because the blood has not covered you. you uh, y'all, don't, y'all missed that right there. The blood had to cover you for you to get across on some dry land. And so the Egyptians get down into this place and, and he, he speaks to the Red Sea, drops his rod and the sea covers them and destroys them. So in one night, I would say in 24 hours, God cripples Egypt's economy and God cripples their military and says, now who is your God? Now who is the biggest God? Many historians and theologians believe that it took generations A generation is considered 40 years. It took generations for them to recover 
from 24 hours of God crippling them. Generations to try to just recover because they put they were on the wrong side of God. So the Bible says that they get into this wilderness and God says, he says, Moses, bring them up to Mount Sinai. Why? He said, there the people are going to worship me. God had it all in plan to meet the people. He wanted to meet with them. He wanted them to see him and he wanted to see them. He wanted this at Mount Sinai. But the people said, man, we can't come near him because we're not willing to be holy. Moses, you go speak to him and give us the word of the Lord. And God said, this is a good thing because I'm going to kill these folks if they keep playing with me. So this is a good thing. Hey, read your Bible. This is a good thing, Moses. Because they will not hollow themselves. They will not consecrate themselves. And so if they keep, if they do this, then it's going to end up being bad for them. So Moses, he says, Moses, listen, okay, it's time for you to go towards the Jordan. Okay, so we're, let's, say, let's say this trip was supposed to take about three months. I don't know, probably less than that, but we'll give them three months because there might have been some slow people. Three months. He says, go towards the Jordan. The Bible says that, they, that Moses gets 12 spies. 12 spies. He sends 12 spies across the Jordan and says, go spy out the land. I want you to go look and see what's going on over there. Well, they come back, and as you know, many of you know this story, but 10 of them give a bad report. 10 of them give a discouraging report. Let me tell you how quick fear can run through a nation, how quick fear can run through a body. It didn't take it but 24 hours. 24 hours and fear had gripped the whole nation because of a bad report. There was two of them that said, the Lord our God is with us. And we know that he did not bring us here on accident. And he did not bring us here to play with us. And if he brought us to the Jordan, then he will give us the land on the other side of the Jordan. The Bible says that was Caleb and Joshua. As you can read in Numbers, he said in Caleb, there was a different spirit. Caleb had a spirit that said, I don't care how many of you there are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how bad you think you are. I have somebody that, with, that is with me that makes me a majority and no matter what the numbers are. And that is the Lord my God. So God says, listen, uh, because of this, because they would not believe me, what should have took them three months is going to take them now 40 years. He said, because they would not believe me and, and trust me to go over this Jordan, he says, this is what's going to happen. This three-month journey is going to turn into 40 years. And over the process of this 40 years, there's going to be a bunch of people that's going to die. Matter of fact, everybody over the age of 20 is going to die in this wilderness. Because they would not believe. They're going to die here. Now, God worked all kinds of miracles during that time. He brought water out of a rock. He fed people with angels' food. My God, a plague, a plague broke out uh, amongst them, and he said, make a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole, lift it up, and when people look at it, I'll heal them. I mean, we talk about some crazy miracle stuff. But as good as all that is, that is still not anything compared to what God is doing here in Joshua chapter one. For finally the people are now given access. Somebody shout access. They are now given access to go into a land that they've only heard of. To go into a land that they've been promised. To go into a land that says that the grapes are big as people's heads. I ain't never seen no grape like that. I've seen some small heads, but I ain't never seen no grape like that. As powerful as, po you say you little pea head joker, as powerful. <laughs> Come on somebody, help me out Holy Ghost. As powerful as all that was. It wasn't anything compared to what God was about to do in Joshua chapter one. Moses, their leader, has died. And Joshua is stepping in as a new leader. The people have a new leader. They have a new land. But watch this. 
but, but they, but they don't, their leader has not been proven. So right now they're saying, we got to have some faith. We got to have some faith to not only believe in God, but to believe in the person God has sent to take us into a new land. What is so amazing about Joshua one is that the people, I I want y'all to grab this. The people have a mind to do whatever it takes to possess the land. Now this was a miracle God did not perform in times past. In times past, yes, he rained manna out of heaven. In times past, yes, he brought waters out of rocks, but the people were never together. But in this Joshua chapter one, God puts a grace on people that say, whatever you command, we will do. See, sometimes we can look at the story of Joshua and we can look at the story of the children of Israel under the leadership of Joshua and we have some kind of fictitious idea of what was happening here and that people, it was just God said, I'm going to give you the land regardless of what you do. But this was not the case. It took the people of God saying, I am going to place down what is not important and I'm going to lift up what is important because we got to get together. I don't want to walk around a mountain another 40 years and see a generation die so he says whatever it takes I want to get together and see this people this generation I want to see this generation possess the land of promise watch this so they cross over the Jordan and and everything, uh, you know, it, it's easy to think that everything was handed to them, but, but you've got to understand there were some things they had to do. They had to commit to some things. In other words, they had a promise from God, but they had to commit to the conditions of the promise. Now, this is, this is what a lot of the American church believe, what I just said they believe is apostasy. That there is no conditions to God's promises. You just go willy-nilly and get it. Can I tell you, the children of Israel that died in the wilderness thought the same thing. Oh, I got a promise. I can behave like I want to behave. Believe like I want to believe. Act like I want to act. Say whatever I want to say. Do whatever I want to do. And I'm just going to get the promised land. And God said, eh. You will die in the wilderness. And a generation after you will possess what you were supposed to possess because they had enough faith to believe me. And faith is not faith until it is walked out. Hallelujah. Stay with me. We're still setting it up. God has placed this. He's placed these scriptures in my spirit now for over a month. Just over Joshua. Every time I would read Joshua, every time I think about Joshua, I'd get a quickening in the spirit. And I realize what God is saying to this ministry right now. God is saying it is time. Somebody say it is time. Oh, say it like you got the Holy Ghost. Say it like you believe it. It is time to possess the land church. It is time for us to get beyond the parameters and the walls that have kept us back. It is time for us to pull down mindsets and to pull down all kinds of stuff in our hearts that have kept us from walking over the Jordan because here we are at the river and God is saying if you've got the faith to possess it, walk on over and get it in Jesus' name. Can I tell you the promised land is waiting on us? Oh, I feel like casting a little vision right now. Uh, Wednesday night, if you you weren't able to be there, Wednesday night I stood up in front of both campuses and I said, it's time for this campus to take Atlanta, Georgia. Hallelujah. 
Well, preacher, don't you know you're on the backside of some kind of road? Folk don't even know who you are in Henry County, much less Atlanta, Georgia. Can I tell you something? We were hid on purpose. This ain't an accident. God said, I'll put you in a cave for five years to teach you how to slay giants, to teach you that if you don't have me, you ain't got nothing to teach you about my presence, to teach you about my anointing. And when it's time to call you out, Goliath, you better get ready. I'm taking your head off. And then I told that for Scythe Campus. I said, it's time to take Macon, Georgia. I want Mac Town. They say that Macon is gone. And in the world's eyes, it is. If you look at the statistics, the gang violence is worse than Atlanta. Don't go down there playing around. It has went just down fast. But that's because the right people haven't showed up at the right time with the right anointing, with a word from God that brings the giants down and says we have an answer. So I told that campus, let's take Macon, Georgia. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. So what are you trying to say? I'm saying God as a promised land for us as a ministry, for us as a people. But we got to adhere to some conditions. I'm gonna try to go through it somewhat, well, as quick as the Lord will allow me today. But what this is gonna do is position each and every one of us. It's gonna position you to, to cross over into your promised land. How many, of you, how many of you believe God has a promised land for you and your family? How many believe that God has a promised land for you and your businesses, for you and your marriages? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I was talking to my son yesterday. I said, son, the destiny and the future that's ahead of you is so supernatural, you don't have a clue. It's not big. It's not great. It is supernatural. I said, but you got to be careful, son. Because what the enemy is very wise at doing is he knows how to do one of two things. Number one, he'll deceive you into believing your destiny ain't big and therefore you won't go for it. Or number two, he'll get you to compromise now so you forfeit it later. I said, but if you can stand strong, your destiny is supernatural. Can I tell you the future and the destiny on this house? It ain't big, it ain't great, it is supernatural. It'll cause the people of the land to look back and say they didn't do it by their might, they didn't do it by their power, but it had to be the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So number one, if you've taken notes today, let me give you this one. What caused these people to be successful? Folks in the kingdom don't believe God wants you successful. Well, tear out Joshua 1. Tear out Joshua 1. Now, if you keep tearing pages out, you'll have your golden calf. And you can bow to it and pray to it all you want, but it ain't got no life in it. The first thing that caused them to be successful, they chose faith over fear. The previous generation chose fear over faith. I can't go to church. I'm too fearful. I can't go out and do what God called me to do. I'm too fearful. I can't do this because I, I'm too fearful. I can't possess the land because I'm too fearful. And God said, if you want to be in fear, you can die in fear. But they look back at the previous generation and they said, let's don't repeat it, let's learn from it. We know that fear is not going to help us in any kind of way. So therefore, we look at it and we choose faith over fear. Oh, what a word in this time right now. To choose faith over fear. You can't mix these two. It's amazing how many people are trying to mix these two. Come... 
I'll just say it this way. We got leaders out there. Leaders in the kingdom. One week come to church. Next week we shut it down. One week come. Three weeks we shut it down. My God, you're like a wave. Tossed to and fro. Let that man not think he will receive anything from the kingdom of God. Right now, if you're going to possess a land, whether it's in your family or whether it's for this corporate body, you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to walk in faith and I'm not going to walk in fear. The Bible says the just shall live by. In other words, faith has a way of bringing life to you. Faith has a way of bringing resources to you. Faith has a way of watering your spirit. Faith has a way of feeding your soul. Faith over fear, church. Well, I think I'm just going to sit tight until this, whatever they call it, Omicron or whatever, goes away. But now they come out with something new. I told you eight months ago, this ain't going away. In the last days, there shall be plagues. There's going to be plural. It's plural. They will keep on sending them out. Why? They are wicked people and they seek to control you, but they cannot control those who have the mind of Christ. For we have been redeemed and the spirit that is in us is stronger than the spirit in the world. I told the staff not long ago, they, Mike, they came out with this old, this military stuff. China ain't even acting like they don't have it no more. They used to at least act like they did. it was a lie, but now they're not even acting like they don't have it. They've done come public with it. And it's, it's brain control. And, and so they, and so, and, and so what they do is they, they can send out waves to make people think certain things to control your actions, to control your thoughts. They, um, they originally, uh, uh, made it for a military weapon so they could send it to a, an opponent to control them and make them do what they wanted to do. But now they're using it on, on, on just the civilization. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? He said, don't worry about it, son. I said, why not? He said, because they can't control the mind of Christ. He said, all you have to do is keep the mind of Christ and they can come up with whatever they want to come up. But you shall walk in the power and the anointing and the blessing of the Lord because you are not of this world, though you may be in it. Send whatever brain, brain waves you got. I'm going to send one back your way that says Jesus Christ is alive and well. And he was raised on the third day. And he's coming back for his church. You better be ready. I'm going to send one back. Hallelujah. Individual faith is good. You need it. You need it to believe for your family. You need it to believe for your life. But can I tell you, as strong as individual faith is, there's something else called corporate faith. It is when a body of believers get together and we get in one accord. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They had been praying for 10 days in a room and they had gotten in one accord and in one place and they got so uh, so unified in faith that the Bible says on the day of Pentecost God poured out the Holy Ghost and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Can I tell you what happens when we get together and pray? Can I tell you what happens when we get together and worship? When we get together and praise the Lord? When we get together in discipleship and when we get together in fellowship do you know what God is doing? He is linking us together in faith. And the Bible says that one can set a thousand of flight and two can set 10,000 of flight. Just imagine how many hundreds can set to flight when we believe the same thing, pray the same thing, speak the same thing. Hallelujah. Choose faith over fear. The second thing they did. Oh, glory be to God. I might not get past this one today because it's going to take me a little bit of teaching on this. Number two, the second thing they did that caused them to be successful, they obeyed the Lord in their tithe. 
Well, preacher, I don't know where you're getting that from. Stay with me. God tells the children of Israel, I'm going to give you victory over Jericho. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm about to give you an enemy that has never been defeated. I'm about to give you an enemy whose walls have never been brought down. I'm about to give you victory over abortion. I'm about to change things in your nation. Here's the deal. When you cross over into Jericho, everything in it is mine. Read your Bible. He says the silver is mine, the gold is mine, the iron is mine, the copper is mine, all of it's mine. Now verse, I think it's verse 17 says, it has been doomed for destruction. What does that mean? It does not mean that God destroyed it. Do you know what happens when you tithe? The curse that is on the system that we're having to access because there's, this is the currency in the world. God says when you tithe, he says, I doom it for destruction. In other words, you consecrate it unto me and when you give me that 10%, I break the curse off of the 90 and now the 90 was way more than the 100 ever could have been because my blessing is on it. Oh, hallelujah. He said it is doomed for destruction. But the problem is there's a man by the name of Achan. And he says why we, and, and, and so I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Stay with me. So Joshua and the children of Israel go to a little city. It's a little city called Ai. I say it was so small it had two letters in its name. Ai. They go to this city. Joshua says, y'all go down there and check it out, see what we need to do. They come back, they said, man, this thing is so small. All we got to do is send a few, a couple thousand warriors down here. We'll take this thing so fast, we'll be back home by supper. He says, okay, let's do it. They send them down there and the Bible says they get whipped. They get thumped. And they get chased out of the city. Joshua begins to pitch a fit in the presence of the Lord. My God, he's throwing sand all over his head. He's, he, he's done ripped his clothes and he's just, he's got, he's having one of those good old parties. And he's saying, Lord, you gave us this land and we went against our smallest enemy and we lost. What is going on? He says, get up, boy. Israel has sinned. He said, okay, what's going on? He said, I'm going to tell you what's going on. Israel has sinned and they have taken of the accursed things. Well, but you don't understand, God. They don't believe in tithing. God said, I didn't ask them if they believed in tithing. They have taken of the accursed things. Well, they got their own belief system. God said, I didn't ask them about their belief system. Belief system. I'm asking you, do you want to possess the land? And he says, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you a way of helping figure out who did this nonsense. He said, bring this, bring the people before me and tribes tomorrow, and I'm gonna choose a tribe, and then bring that tribe before me, and I'm gonna choose this house, and after that house, I'm gonna choose this person, and I will choose who has done this. And it comes down to a man named Achan. And what did he do? He he said, I've seen a bar of gold, and I've seen silver and a Babylonian garment, and I went and hid them in my tent. And God, and Joshua said, Why have you brought trouble on the nation of Israel? Because you did this, we could not only defend feed our smallest enemy we lost against our smallest enemy and the bible says that he went they went and got the stuff and brought it now listen to this thank god we're not in the old testament no more <laughs> because here's what happened they bring Achan and his family we got little girls with ponytails with their little chihuahua puppy and their little teddy bears. The Bible says they bring Achan and his whole family and everything that was his and brought them outside the camp and stoned them and then burned them. 
Thank God we're not in the Old Testament. Have fires going up every Sunday. Thank God. In chapter 8 of Joshua and verse 1, the Lord says, okay, now that you have done this, you have brought the the reproach away from Israel. He says, now, watch this. He said, now go down to Ai. Just take this many men and I'll give you the victory no matter what. Oh yeah, Joshua, and, and by the way, since you gave me my tithe, since you gave me all of Jericho, everything else is now yours. He says, when you walk in a city now, you can have it. You find a gold bar, you can have it. You find a garment, you can have it. You like a house, you can have it. Why? Because you gave me mine. You cannot possess the land while you turn around and rob God. And I love what, I love what Apostle Dwayne Harden said. He said, what do you rob God when you do that? He said, you don't rob him from money. You rob him from the pleasure of blessing his children. Hallelujah. It's going to get better. Y'all stay with me. Praise God. The third thing that caused them to be successful was their commitment. Oh, it might not get better on this one. (laughs) But it is on the last one. Their commitment to obey their leaders. In a time and age where the prevailing attitude is... You don't tell me. You will never enter in the promised land with an attitude like that. And by the way, you rebelling against leaders will never cost the leaders their promised land. It'll only cost you your promised land because rebels will never ever possess the promised land. Can I get a good Ric Flair? Woo! (laughs) Not long before the fast began, we were sitting at a, 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 we were sitting down in a place shopping and Lisa was in, I don't know, she was in one of the stores and the Spirit of God began to speak to me. He said, release a video warning people. Now, if y'all seen this, it's on Facebook. Warning people to submit to their leaders that it may be well with them because there's something being launched at the beginning of the year. This was in December 2021. There's something being launched at the beginning of the year by, the, by, the, by satanic powers to get, their, to get people to separate from their spiritual covering. So I, I gave the video and said, listen, regardless of what you do, submit to spiritual covering. Brother Joe, my, my rag done went somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. Somebody help me out, praise God. I said, submit to spiritual covering. Why? So it will be well with you. In Joshua chapter one and verse 16, listen to what these people say. Whatever you command us, we're gonna do it. Now I tell people, don't you ever do anything against the Bible. I don't care what spiritual covering tells you. You don't do stuff against the Bible. But if it's in line with the word of God, humble yourself because it's going to be well with you instead of being prideful. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I only went against spiritual covering one time. It's when they told me to shut my church down. That ain't the Bible. And I was respectful and I humbled myself and said, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever, but I will not go against the word. 
I'll, the Bible says that we got to preach this gospel. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to shut my church down and the gates of hell will, won't prevail against it. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Yeah. Hallelujah. You have to stay under covering. Push your neighbor, say neighbor. Stay under covering. The crazy thing about um, rebelling against spiritual authority is it doesn't always show up in some big way, like splitting the church. Sometimes it does, but it might be that the leadership asks you to pray and fast, but you don't. I, it's going to get better. Just stay with me now. I'm, I'm, point number four, if y'all give me enough time to get to it. Leadership asks you to commit to discipleship, but you don't want to. Leadership has asked you to stop involving yourself in certain things, but you don't think, but you think you already know everything and choose not to. In moments like this, you need to be very careful because your covering is going one way and you're going another way. How can you stay under covering when you're going the opposite direction of your covering? Almost every time, listen carefully now, almost every time you rebel against spiritual authority, the very next thing that comes is offense against spiritual authority. The enemy does this to get you fully out from under your covering because if you will not obey spiritual authority and now you're offended at spiritual authority, you have now disconnected yourself from spiritual authority. Well, why do I need to stay under spiritual authority? Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. Man, this ain't no game. They watch out for your souls. This ain't like, well, I might miss an opportunity. This is like heaven or hell. This is eternity. He says, let them do so with joy, not with grief. For that would be unprofitable to you. And what's amazing to me is, can't you just see Moses looking down from heaven? And he's like, these folks gave me all these problems. And Joshua calls them to him and they said, Joshua, everything you did, you command, we're going to do. Moses is like, where, where was this at when I... I mean, we, we, we 30 days out, now you're willing to obey everything. And I believe it was because they looked back and said that brought nothing but destruction. That brought nothing but poverty. That brought nothing but the curse. And we're sick and tired of not crossing over into the promised land. I'm tired of seeing my prodigals not saved. I'm tired of seeing my homes a wreck. I'm tired of not receiving the blessing that God's already promised me. I'm tired of walking around with disease in my body. I'm tired of seeing all kinds of unrest in my house. So I humble myself that I might receive the cover and the blessing of the Lord. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens on that, but I never do, but it's still truth. And one day I'm going to stand before him and I'll give an account. I'll give an account because, I, because I'm one of the ones that watch out for your souls. So sometimes you get called in and says, leave that person alone. Do this, do that. That's why. Give the Lord praise so we can get this fourth one out right here. <laughs> Lastly, what made them successful was their commitment to believe that a new time had come. I want you to think about this. They, they had to have faith that, that, man, we're at the Jordan and this is a new time for us. This is not like the old times. This is not like it was 20 years ago or 10 years ago or 40 years ago. This is a new time for us. God has already, God has given us a new leader and God has given us a new land and God has given us a new mission and God has given us a new mandate. All we have to do is go in and possess the land. 
Hallelujah. In other words, listen, think about this. This was not like, they were not like the ones that died in the wilderness in disobedience. And just because that happened to their ancestors did not mean it would happen to them. They had to shut the door on their past and open the door to their future. And church, I believe these people had a different spirit that was in them. And what was that kind of spirit? That kind of spirit was if God said he's going to give it, then we're going to walk in it. If God says it's ours, then it's already ours. If God says the enemies are defeated, the enemies are already defeated. Hallelujah. I believe these people looked around and said just because grandmama died in disobedience and just because granddaddy died in disobedience and just because my daddy was an alcoholic and just because my mama ran around and just because they were broken in lack and just because people hated God in my family does not mean I got to be the same way. I'm going to receive a new time from the Lord today and say this is my promise hallelujah I believe this people of this generation realized this is our new time this is our new opportunity I hate that things had to go like they had to go I think I hate that we had to lose who we had to lose I hate that people disappeared when they disappeared but I look around and say who is on the Lord's side right now we have a new time we have a new land and we have a new mission and God is saying go forward and possess this land Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you done messed up, hallelujah, get up. Don't stay in your mess up. Get up in Jesus' name. If you didn't die in that wilderness, get up in Jesus' name. If you didn't die in your depression, Get up in Jesus' name. If you didn't die in your rebellion, get up in Jesus' name. You are here for such a time as this. And it's not to stay on this side of Jordan, but it is to walk over and possess the land. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Caleb there was a different spirit. Church, today I want to announce over this house a new dimension, a new time, and a different spirit. I'm not talking about an evil spirit. I'm not talking about a spirit that tries to take the place of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a spirit that refuses to quit. A a spirit that refuses to die. A spirit that says I'm 85 years old and I still have the strength that I had 40 years ago. I'm talking about a spirit that says that's my mountain. Now give it to me. I don't care if the giants are on it. I don't care what the enemy said about it. But God, I got strength for it. Now give it to me in Jesus' name. A different spirit. A different spirit. In the past, some of you looked at opportunities and you said, I ain't good enough. I've messed up too much and I'll never be able to do it. But I announce over you a different spirit in Jesus' name that says you are blood washed and you have the Holy Ghost of God inside of you. I announce over you a different spirit today. Hallelujah. A spirit that says, I don't have to put up with it any longer. My house don't have to be divided. My body ain't got to be sick. My kids ain't got to be lost. I announce a different spirit over this house. Come on, stand up and give God a praise. I announce over this house a spirit that says it don't matter how big the giants are the bigger they are the harder they'll fall it don't matter how many there 
this because it just means that's how many that's going to run. I announce a different spirit over this house. A different spirit, a new time. And they get to that Jordan. Something soft, brother. They get to that Jordan. And I believe somebody might have come up to one of them and said, man, we've been here for, we messed it up. They said, shut up. Shh. Matter of fact, go to the back of the line. Yeah, but I would just, I would do it. No, no, no. Go to the back of the line and pray for a while. Man, my granddaddy told me about the time they, they, they them 12 spies came over there and they, and they, they crossed the Jordan and they, they shut up. No, no, no. Shh. We in a new time. And God has given us the land. God has given us the land. And God has given us the land. Y'all remember, we, we was at this place uh, one time years ago, and, and this happened, and this happened. Shut up! I ain't mean. I'm just saying, shh. We're in a new time. Let all that go. Let your sin go. Let your failure go. Let your past go. Let it all go. If you go back any, go back down there where them graves are where those, that generation died and drop your past off. Because you can't carry it into the promised land. And come to the River Jordan and pick up your destiny and say, I ain't going back that way anymore. God said, it's a new time. It's a new people. You ain't here by accident today. God brought you here. You could have died. You could have OD'd. Some of you ought to be spending the rest of your life in prison. Some of you should have died in car wrecks. Some of you ought to have bullets in your head. Some of you should have died at the hands of that abusive husband, but you didn't. You want to know why? Because God said, you're another generation. You got, a, you got a different spirit in you. You got a different spirit in you. You got the spirit in you that is needed to cross over Jordan into the promised land. So he couldn't have killed you. And you couldn't have put that gun to your head. And you couldn't have died in that car wreck. Because you are the people to possess the land. You are the people to walk forward. That's what God is saying to this house today. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.